0: I've let you down, I feel more broken than home.
1: Good evening, good evening, good to have you all here this evening. Welcome. So we have Vacation Bible School going all around us, so we'll finish up in here, and you can stay, but once we finish in here, if you're going to stay, you need to move to the sides, because the kids will be coming into the center section, just so you know, and uh, there's a lot of good things going on there. So what do we have in the way of uh, Happy Father's Day, by the way, if we haven't said that to you already? Um, Guests? If it's your first time visiting, I would send you to the Welcome Center, but it's no longer there for this week. If you come back next week, we'll give you a gift. If you don't come back next week, you'll have to leave away, leave angry, I guess. I don't know. But uh, sorry about that. Visiting online for the first time, let us know you're out there. We appreciate it. Of course, uh, BBS is going on all week. Friday is always the big deal, so uh, we, we have our five days of the lesson. And then on Friday, we have a carnival. We really need to have good weather that we can be outside, because we don't have a gym or anything, so you know, you can pray about the gym too, or just give us a million dollars and we'll have a gym, but uh, in, in lieu of that, pray that God gives us good weather so that we can be outside on Friday, that would be great. Uh, TNT is still happening this Tuesday, we will still have TNT, Tuesday night for teens, tubers versus Grammars. and uh, so that's always a great time, make sure that you come out for that teenagers and bring your friends with you, we appreciate it. Camp next Sunday afternoon, right after the morning service, there's a camp meeting with parents and every teenager that's going. One parent or guardian with them, please, and that'll uh, Pastor Andrew will meet with you quickly because we also have a shower, which is coming up next. Uh, there it is, a shower for Charity Myers, who is uh, getting married in August. John, wherever they are, there's someplace there they are over there. And uh, so uh, they, uh, there's a shower next Sunday, right after the service as well. Taco bar will be provided. Uh, there is a group gift if you want to see Miss Cheryl or you can go to Amazon or Walmart.com, whatever they are, and uh, find their registration and do a, do a gift through that. That would be great. Missionaries of the Week of the Dillmans. We gave you a little update on them today, earlier, but I'm going to give you an update on our missionary intern. Jonathan has been writing us weekly reports. So here's his report from this week. Uh, he's in Guam. Pastor Barnes has given me an outline of quite a few things to, uh, to be doing during my stay. I will preach at least twice for the congregation, preach at a youth conference later in July. For the rest of the summer, I am teaching the eight to 12 year olds. I have an opportunity to work at a camp program as well from nine to two every Monday through Friday. Uh, I would run the program and help with the games and keep an eye on the kids during the field trips. Uh, they are doing a patch the pirate theme this year I started to develop a relationship with the teens last night. They were all in our house. Dad grilled and I gave a devotional, and we all played volleyball. Pastor Barnes has, no song, has me song-leading too, so I enjoy it also. Also, the Sunday school group that I, that I meet with meets in the back alley, not a classroom. Someone I know would say, welcome to the ministry. And uh, So anyway, that's Johnson. He's keeping, obviously, very busy in Guam for the summer. And uh, so grateful for that opportunity that God has given to him. Let's have the men come forward, and we're going to take up the evening offering. And uh, we'll uh, just encourage you to give as you ought, and you know, you know how that works. All right? So if you're visiting here, we didn't bring you here to get your money. Uh, just enjoy, and our church people can, uh, can give in the offering as they need to. all right? Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity we have to have Vacation Bible School. Pray that your blessings would be upon that group as they're meeting all around the building, that you would keep everyone safe. And just uh, the, that the gospel would go forth and have great power in the lives of these kids, we ask that you would bless the offering that we would use it wisely for your honor and your glory, and we'll thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus name we pray amen
2: all right, we're gonna sing our hymn of the month um but we're gonna've got b b s stuff going on, so we're excited. should be on or, am I unmuted? Perfect. All right, it should be gone. Um so we'll do it go ahead and sing three verses, you can remain see it as we sing.
1: last week? Do you have any birthdays or anniversaries this last week that are in the room here tonight? We might have had, might miss some, so we'll have to pick them up again next week. Anybody? Birthdays or anniversaries? None, or nobody's going to admit to it anyway. So we also had our uh, college, one of our college, some of our college group uh, went to Utah. I'm just going to make my statements and then Pastor Brett will take it over from here. Uh, They went to Utah for a mission trip where they helped about 160 uh, Mormon kids in a soccer camp, and great opportunity for them. They're excited about what the Lord's done, and so we're going to give them a chance to tell a little bit about it. So before that, though, is it Drew? Is it Drew's turn? Come on up, Mr. Drew. This is a very casual Sunday night for us. It's a vacation Bible school. So Pastor Brett's doing VBS, this service, VBS afterwards, a little bit of everything, but Drew, on the, so i got to tell you this, right? So speaking of welcome to the ministry... So Drew uh, spoke in Sunday school this morning, right, did the Sunday school thing, and uh, he used my car while I was gone to North New Hampshire, and I said, there's one catch, you got to pick me up at the airport. Then my flight got canceled, so he was picking me up at the airport at 1130 last night, and I'm like, welcome to the ministry, Drew. He said,
3: come on Please
4: stand for scripture reading. All right, Joshua 4, 19 through 24. And the people came up out of Jordan, and on the tenth day of the first month, and encamped in Gilgal, in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until ye were passed over, as the Lord your God did the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it, that it is mighty, and that ye might
5: fear the Lord your God forever. And the Lord had his blessing to the reading his word.
6: Yeah, remember the first minute and a half of Pastor Andrew's sermon this morning. Um, question to, for him: Why do you not, why do they not have Father's Day sales? Fathers are priceless. Question for the you guys, front row: um, Are there all the interns around? They, well, they're all, all out there. Okay. Um, <laughs> question for you right there. What's the difference between a um, fish and a guitar? You can't tune a fish. There you go. All right. Uh, At this point, this song has been on my mind this week and for good reason. This has been sort of a sad week. Uh, There's uh, severe illnesses in my family of the pastors um father-in-law and uh just got a call uh, just not too long ago about a young guy dying uh, uh maybe dying in Denver and uh and my great-grandson um just came off of oxygen and so forth born prematurely prematurely so it's been a it's been one of those weeks but I really want to think as the pastor mentioned a few weeks ago it seems like there's a lot of cancer uh, victims in our church. If you may have them, some may have cancer, some may be cancer survivors, some may have family with, with cancer, and uh, so truly the words of this song uh, really spoke to me this week. Um, if it matters to you, it matters to the Master.
0: When life lets you down And you feel more broken than whole When the wounds go deeper than words And you can't tell a soul I may not know what you're going through May not can make that high mountain move But one thing I've found I really want you to know if it matters to you, it matters to the master. And he wants to share the burdens you bear, whisper peace when your world is shattered. If it's your greatest joy, or your greatest pain, or you're really needed, It matters to you, it matters to the master Friend, do you think the maker and giver of life Is far too busy to care about your trouble and strife He sees a sparrow that falls to the ground He sees the tears that don't make a sound If only you knew how precious you are in His sight If it matters to you, it matters to the Master He wants to share the burdens you bear Whisper peace when your world is shattered If it's your greatest joy Or your deepest pain Or you're really needing an answer If it matters to you It matters to the Master If it's your greatest joy Or your deepest pain Or you're really needing an answer If it matters to you It matters to the Master.
2: We're so thankful. There we go. That's working now. Now you can hear me. We're so thankful we got the opportunity to go on this trip. Um, I, for one, was a little nervous before. It was my first mission trip I've ever led. I've been on mission trips before, um, but I'd never led one, and it kind of came up suddenly. So about... Uh, I don't know, three months ago, um, Chris Pennington, who was out there, some of you know his dad, Dave Pennington, called Pastor Andrew and said, hey, we're doing this soccer clinic, second week in June, and we've had four groups that usually help us fall through. Do you have anyone you can send out? And so uh, Pastor and Andrew talked, and like, hey, why don't we send Brett and his college group? So I brought it for the college group, and they said, yeah, let's do it. And uh, so we, I just didn't really know what was what to do. We were figuring things out on the fly. And I didn't know anyone out there, and so it was really exciting. Before I get into it, I'll tell you guys a little bit about our flight back. A lot of you have been asking. Pastor mentioned it this morning. So our flight there, we made it great, made it fine. Didn't have a rental car, but that's okay. I got to drive a really nice Ford Expedition all week, uh, which wasn't a problem. All the bells and whistles you can imagine, so that was kind of cool. But the flight back, we were supposed to leave Salt Lake City at 4.30, fly to Denver, which is about an hour and a half flight, and then have an hour and 15 minute labor in Denver, and then fly back here and land here about 11.45 Friday night. And that was the plan, anyways. And so we got to um, the airport at, I don't know, 2 o'clock, dropped off our rental vehicles, went to the airport, we were ready, and I get a phone call from Southwest that says, your flight has been delayed, the first flight. So the first flight had been delayed an hour. And so at this point, we've got about a 15-minute layover. I'm like, well, we may be running to the airport, but we'll make it in time. So we get to the airport, I'm hanging out, I'm like, well guys, we gotta, we're going to have to hurry, I might get out quick and run down and see if they can hold the plane for the rest of you. Well, as we're, I'm, as we're sitting there, I get a phone call about the second flight from Southwest, your second flight has been delayed two hours. I'm like, well, the Lord knew, now we've got two and a half hour layover, so that's fine, we're good. And so Texas Pastor Andrew is supposed to be picking us up, and he's like, well, I don't really want to drive there at 1.30 in the morning to pick you up, so maybe I'll drop off the van. Like, okay, that's fine, we'll figure that out. Well, then I get another phone call. Our first flight's been delayed about two hours as well. So again, we're back to about a 15-hour uh, or 15-minute layover. And then things keep changing. I keep checking on the app, and lo and behold, it keeps moving back forward. So all of a sudden, I find out there's a storm in Denver. It's holding all the planes. And so all of a sudden, our second flight moves forward, and our first flight stays the same. So as of right now, we're arriving 15 minutes after our second flight leaves. And I'm going, okay, we may be spending the night in Denver. And so. I go to the southwest desk, I'm like, hey, is there any way that you guys can hold the plane 10, 15 minutes while we run down there? Is that okay? And she goes, we can't hold it at all. Okay, is there anything else we can do? She says, nope, there's nothing you can do. We can either put you on a flight the next morning, the first one flies out at 5.15 in the morning, or you can just wait it out and see what happens. So we're like all praying, like, Lord, give us a strong tailwind, get us there quick. I'm, I'm like preparing for like a sprint down the down the terminal, and uh, so I'm like trying to think if I can... Says as far forward as I can. I can get out quick. Um, so we sit and wait. Well, at this point, our flight has been delayed. We're supposed to leave at 7.30, okay? So it's been three hours delayed. So we're sitting there hanging out. About 7 o'clock, we're supposed to board about 7.15. I went to fill up my water, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop by the, the southwest desk. There's a new girl there. Maybe I can persuade her. She can get the memo. Maybe she can hold it for us, right? I'm thinking all these different things. And so I walk in, and, and I said, hey, is there any way that you can hold this flight? She goes, let me see your info. Give her the info. And she goes, um you're not on that flight. I said what? She goes, "You're supposed to be on a flight to Phoenix." I said, "Well, when's that leaving?" She goes, "It already left." I'm like, "What?" And she's like, "No one told you?" Uh, no. I didn't get a notification, they didn't page me. So, at this point, we have no tickets and we're in Salt Lake and we're stuck. We still have our second flight, but we have no way to get to Denver. So I'm like, um, she goes, well, uh, I have to go over to your flight that you're supposed to be on and check people in. I'm going to call this lady over. So I'm standing there. This lady comes over. She can't figure it out. They're not sure where to put us. I'm thinking we might be here forever. And, uh, <clears throat> so I'm texting the group and I'm like, Hey, I think I texted David. I was like, David, go talk to the lady at the desk. She knows me. Cause I was just talking to her, tell her that I'm waiting. We'll see what we can do. So she's working on over there. This lady's working on it here. So like 7:30, right? Everyone's boarded on our flight. And, uh, They're like, we need to know what we're doing. I'm like, I don't know what we're doing. And so this lady's on the phone. She's on two phones and talking about it. And then all of a sudden, Owen comes sprinting over, like two gates over, and goes, the lady down there found us a flight. Okay? So we're supposed to get on that flight. So all of a sudden, the lady goes, just go. So we sprint over to that flight. We're like the last ones to board. We get in, and then they sign us up for the 515 flight because we weren't going to make it. So then we got to spend the night in the Denver airport, uh, which was a blast, right? I think uh, combined, we probably got like four hours of sleep amongst the 10 of us. And, uh, so we slept there slash walked around a lot there, got there. The only place I was open to eat was a bagel place. Everything else was closed. So we hopped in line before it closed, got bagels and, uh, and then stayed in the airport all night and then flew out at 5:15 and landed here 9:45. So th- yesterday. So that was the whole ordeal. Uh, but the Lord was good. He must've wanted us to be protected from something. I don't know, but, um it was, a good, it was a good memory for us, right? That's, uh, so we just were trying to think positively, and uh, we were all ready to be in our own beds, but it was, uh, it was a good thing. So I, I just want to talk through, I got some pictures. If you can't see the slides, you'll, you'll want to see them. They are beautiful, um, especially the ones with our group, right? No, no I'm just kidding. Um, so I'm going to talk through what the week looked like, because um, a lot of people probably don't even know what we did. And um, we went and helped with a soccer clinic, and I think three of us knew how to play soccer before. Now they're all pros. And so uh, we went and how I was I'm going to kind of talk through all things we did, and then I'm going to turn over to them for a while so I can go lead another VBS thing, and then I'll come back, all right? And so I'm not going to give too much testimony. They're going to do all that, so I'll let them do most of the talking. So if you want to give the next slide. The first day we got there, so we got there Saturday um, afternoon, afternoon. Oh, got there about 10 o'clock Saturday evening. And the first thing we had was a Sunday morning service. So this is their church service. Uh, we were there with Fellowship Bible Church and... Um, they said that they named it Bible Church because the Mormons are very much against Baptists. And so they were like, if we say Bible, they go, what is that? Because they agree with the Bible. And they're like, we're really Baptistic, but we just say Bible Church. And so good to have a wonderful time of fellowship with that. A couple of us went to the teen science school, a couple stayed with the adult, and then just worshiped with them there. That Sunday night we had a prayer meeting about the week and uh, just spent time in prayer with the church family. There's a Bible camp that came, their counselors, and we just had a good time of prayer um, just asking the Lord to do something special that week during the clinics. So that was the church. You can go to the next slide if you want. And then we did soccer clinics. So soccer clinics went Monday through Thursday, and we would do a morning soccer clinic. These are both from the morning ones. You can see the mountains in the background. Um, that was our view all week long. Um, I'll show you a picture later. It was our backyard view um, from the church. But what we do is in the morning, we had six to eight-year-olds, and we broke up our team into eight groups. So Matt and I, Matt and Orwell and I, were the two floaters. We kind of talked with everybody, but each of them had their own six to eight kids that they poured into all week long. And so each time they got there, Matt and I and the pastor and the intern would would take them from the registration, take them to their coaches, and then the coaches would just pour into them and just love on those kids. And uh, they did an incredible job. I'll stop here and just say you guys would have been amazed with what they they represented our church very, very well, and they represented the Lord very well. Um, The pastor came up to me the last day and said, just so you guys know, let your church know that, your Your group represented them really, really well, and uh you guys would have been probably to talked to some of the parents. you guys would have been amazed with what these kids can do when they get in front of a bunch of little kids and uh they just loved on them. The kids were like some of them are sad that they missed their kids and uh they they were just incredible and so uh make sure you talk to them about that but that's what you see in the morning, so you got on the right was like kind of the big group, and on the left you got some you got Matt with a bunch of girls, the ladies man and uh so um but that's just kind of what it looked like in the morning they would come and they would just spend time with the kids they would be excited. They'd lead cheers. You can do the next slide. Um, that's what we would, they would come in to have a snack, drink at the tables, and at each table was a coach, and so they would have their kids with them all the time for those two hours, and so that was from 9 to 11 in the mornings, and so they would come in, and they'd do cheers. They all have the cheers. I won't make them do their cheers. Um, some of them were pretty funny, especially Michael's going to ask. Drake's was pretty good, too. Um, Drake spun around a couple of times. That was kind of fun. Um, so that was that, but there's a couple of them doing their cheers. Michael's doing his sea turtles in the middle and uh, Owen and David getting their groups all together. So really exciting to see them just pour into the lives of these kids. The kids loved them. They thought they were the coolest things, which they are pretty cool. So that was the morning. And then at the end of the week on Thursday, we did the same thing. for The the afternoon was a little different. The afternoon, um, myself and two college soccer players from Bob Jones that were guys and then two college soccer players that were girls from Bob Jones were the head coaches in the afternoon. And they would just like spend time with the kids during the for they would kind of walk around with them and we would kind of lead the soccer clinic in the afternoon. Those were the 9 to 12 year olds since they were a little bit older. But at the end of the week for both groups what we did was we gave every kid a bag with a bunch of goodies. We gave them a certificate that they completed the soccer clinic and then we gave them a sheet of paper that kind of talked about what they had done. But the night before we gave the names of all the kids to the leaders in their groups. So they had the 6 to 8 kids in their group and they wrote down so-and-so for me, it would be Brett was really awesome at, and there was a blank, and they would fill in specific to that kid, and then that next day, all the parents came back early, and so you can see the parents kind of hanging out, and then they went around, and they had each kid individual and gave them kind of the recognition, praised them for something they did. I mean, they were really good at te- being teachable. They were really good at having a good spirit. They were really good at scoring goals. They were really good at being persistent. They were really good at having high energy. That just meant they were crazy, right? So something nice that they could say about them, and so you can see each of the, each of the groups there, um, the kids just loved on them, and they just got around them and got really excited, and so the parents were able to see that as well, and uh, they all brought a lot of really good energy that week. So that was the clinics. With the, the place that we were at, um, the soccer fields, it was a park that we were using, and so the city let us use it for free, and so because of that, uh, we had to do a little bit of extra community service to kind of offset the cost. So you can see here they were cleaning bathrooms, picking up trash, um, playing on the playground um, um, so they had a good time, and so that was one, hour. we did that a couple afternoons um, for that. All right, next slide. i got to keep moving so I can uh, go sing. All right, so there's a couple of incredible views. I'm just going to give you some of these. So what would happen is we would do the clinics in the afternoon, then we would go back and do some sort of training, okay? And so we worked with um, the church, the pastor there, Chris. He would talk through training to deal with um, how they minister to Mormon people that are called Latter-day Saints, (LDS). Um, and so we would take about 30 minutes to 45 minutes each day and just ask questions. They would kind of explain, I think some of the kids are going to talk about that, just what they believe, and some of it's a little bit odd, um, but it helped us put an, get an understanding of how to minister to the kids. Um, and it was cool as we, as we studied it, we really had faces in mind of people that believe this and are being taught this. And so um, I'll let them kind of talk a little bit more of that, but the training was incredible and really helpful, uh, things that I didn't know, and uh, it was cool to see people with boots on the ground there for that. All right, so we'll just kind of click through here. We did get to go to what they call Antelope Island. Uh, there were about maybe 250 bison right in front of us, and we're driving, so you can see how close they are. We're um, the road, and uh, they're on both sides of the road, and so that was pretty cool. They're big old animals. Uh, next slide. So that's the view from the soccer clinic. So, again, pretty pretty nice view. Um, so just snow-covered mountains in the background. All right, next slide. Uh, this was at the top of what is called Snow Base. Uh, no, this was Powder Mountain. Uh, so the top of Power Mountain, which is the highest skiable um, ski area, I guess, it's, skiable ski area, um, in the U.S. And so David Klingman and I slid down the the snow on the top, and so we're claiming that we went down a double black uh, diamond. I've never been skiing in my life, but we went down probably like a hundredth of a way down. But you know, we we slid down. Uh, I think David went on his feet. I was all. I think I wiped out, so I was all over the place. And so uh, that. But I think from that view, you can see Nevada. We could see four states from the top. Uh, we drove up and down the steepest road in Utah. I think it was like 17 or 18 percent. So, uh, in an expedition, I'm not used to that. It was a little freaky at times, but uh, we made it down safely. Uh, but that's uh, from the top of Powder Mountain. On the left, that was a cool picture. So you got snow from the top of the mountain. That's also a Powder Mountain. And then it was raining, and then the snow, was, uh, the sun was coming through. So it just looked like it was glowing, which is pretty incredible. The right, that was the back backyard of the church. So where the guys stayed. So we woke up one morning. and There was a rainbow. And so that was pretty cool. We were like, oh, well, that's awesome. Uh, So that was our view uh, when we'd wake up, you know, nice and early. And uh, that was pretty cool. This looks like it should be a screensaver, but this was not edited. I just took this picture. This was at Antelope Island overlooking the water and just uh, incredible. The the weather was forecasted to be rainy and stormy all week, and God held the rain off all but 15 minutes of one morning session. And so it was just incredible what the Lord did. Every day we'd get up and be like, all right, Lord, you're going to have to do it again. And uh, he did. And so that was really cool to see God working that way. That was Antelope Island, and I think that might be the last one. Yeah, so I am going to take this time to turn it over to the group. They know what order they're in. I'm going to go teach a song, and then I'll be back, all right? So I think Owen's up first.
7: All right. uh, hello, I'm Owen Ruley, and I was blessed to be a part of the group that traveled to a mission in Utah to coach a soccer camp. Uh, did you guys know that there are these big things that stick way up high out of the ground— called mountains. Never seen before. Um, Apparently in some places they're everywhere. Uh, And that beautiful black drop almost made it difficult to focus on soccer. So I found myself many times like, whoa, look at that. You know what I'm saying?
4: Um,
7: On a more serious note, uh, coaching the kids this past week has been both food for my soul and convicting to my heart. Uh, Our goal was to show these kids and their parents the love of Jesus Christ. And I believe this this was accomplished by the number of hugs we got on the last day. Um, beyond learning more about the LDS faith, we also learned about the LDS culture. Uh, we learned what it takes to be a part of your LDS family and what it means to leave that faith and consequently leave your family. Uh, this gave me a compassion for them that I didn't have before. Uh, they're raised deceived. It's all that they know. And for them to think anything else is seen as a betrayal to their entire family, their bloodline. Uh, so what I ask of us is that we would pray for those who are deceived and uh, those who feel that there's no way out. Thank
8: you.
5: Well, once again, thank you to everybody that was able to support us and help us go out there. Um, it was great to be out in Utah. It was one of the states that I'd never been to as of uh, until last week. So it was just great to be there, great to see God's beauty. Uh, with my friends, probably one of the big defining moments for me was that Sunday morning after we had flown in, and I remember we would woken up, got up early like 6:30 in the morning, and you know church wasn't going to start for a few more hours, so I thought, well, I'll just go ahead, go ahead and have devotions outside, you know, out in nature, and I remember stepping out, and it's in a valley, so you're surrounded by mountains everywhere, just just like the picture showed. And, you know, I was taking pictures left and right and I was moved to tears and I was reminded of how the heavens declare the glory of God. And yet, despite that, we are made in God's image. We are His grace creation. It's, and um, but that was one of the most defining moments that stood out to me immediately. Um, one of the things I learned right away was, um, and it, it definitely left a mark on me, was the fact that there was no shade. So, I started the week out with pasty white calves. They are now pasty red calves. <laughs> so, but as Owen shared, we learned a lot about, um, about the Mormons and their culture and how really, really closed off they could be as, as a people group. Um, one thing that I was really touched by, is just the fact, it's, like, it's almost like a pro and con, because a lot of what they do is based on relativism. If it feels good, it must be right. Uh, which can result in them having very strong emotions or, in most cases, a very big heart. I've worked in summer camps before, um, but I've never you know, been told thank you by the kids when I worked in summer camp. I was never given hugs at all when I worked at summer camp before, but these kids came up. They gave us hugs. Some of us received drawings from them. Some of us were like, oh, I'm going to see you next year, right? I'm going to see you next year, right? Well, you know, maybe, I don't know. But these kids have big hearts, and it was great to be able to minister to them and, Lord willing, make an impact in their lives and see those hearts transformed and become ministers for the gospel. So again, thank you very much for supporting us and uh, sending sending us out there. It was great, um, and I'm really thankful to be a part of it.
9: Well, it was really an amazing time. I mean, just from the start, like, just seeing the people in the church. The church was very humble, and the people were very welcoming and kind. And, of course, the sights right off the bat were beautiful, Just even looking out the plane window and seeing the mountains before we even got there. But I just, at first I was nervous because I thought, I haven't really worked with children a whole lot, and I was thinking, what if they're out of control? What if they're running everywhere? What if I'm just like... At my wit's end, but actually the kids were fairly easy to handle, and there was only a couple that gave me problems, but they were cute enough to where it didn't matter. (laughs) But um, it, like, I got very attached to the children in my group, and by the end of the week, I really felt like the Lord had taught me a lot about just working with kids, and um, it also was very sad too because we went, um, we got to hear a lot about the LDS faith latter day saint faith, and um we also got to visit a temple at the end of the week and It was just very sobering to me because these kids are growing up in these homes where like like he talked about there it is literally their culture in the area, and they live in this little valley, so it's just kind of like everyone knows one another, and it's almost like a giant cult down there and the kids, it's not their fault. They're just growing up in these homes. And they—and if they were to turn on the face, then, yeah, like you said, they would be um, pretty much cut off of everybody's life. Like, no one would talk to them anymore. No one would, like, they'd be out of their community. They'd be out of their families. And it was just very sad to me. So they're taught not to question anything. and um, But also just seeing the sights, of course, of Utah, it was amazing. It's just the most most breathtaking thing I've ever seen. And we got a chance to climb a mountain which, by the time I was up near the top, I was like, why in the world did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> I was so out of breath, like I could not, I could barely breathe. And I was surprised that everyone made it to the top, but the view from the very top was, in, was just unbelievable. So I was very glad that I pushed through. But um, thank you everyone so much for supporting us going out there and allowing just making this possible.
10: Well, I just want to say that I'm very grateful for, oh, my God, he made it all possible, and I'm just so grateful that I got to spend time with these kids. I mean, they were amazing. Um, I just really got to love them. I'm pretty sure, like, everybody here, it it was an incredible experience. Um, It really hurts to know that these kids – you don't ever know if they're ever going to get saved or not. You don't ever know if they're going to be able to get out of uh, the LDS church. So, it's just this experience, this trip, just been more personal for me to pray for the LDS people and those trying to reach them and trying to minister to them. And uh, my group was amazing. The suited little girl and the boys—they were so so much fun. And they were a little bit shy at first, but uh, throughout the week, they started like randomly holding my hand and like one of the girls gave me a drawing and. It was just so special and um, it really burned my heart to pray for them and it's it's just amazing what the Lord does in a very short amount of time when it, it's it's Him doing it. It's not me, it's not any of us really. Um, I'm just very grateful for this experience and one of the, the moms of one of the girls, she told me that she will be taking the girl to church. Uh, I mean, I don't know if she's a Mormon or not. I didn't ask her but it was all thanks to our God so I'm very really grateful for the the Lord we serve and thank you so much for your help and your prayers. I really truly appreciate them.
4: So, after the soccer clinic on a couple of days we did community service. As you saw, John and I were responsible for safety testing the playground equipment. <laughs> but um so after each clinic, we had sessions with Chris where he'd go into the LDS uh, culture and the faith, and the level of deception that these people are trapped in is honestly heartbreaking. Like was mentioned earlier, um, LDS people believe that their feelings dictate what is truth. Um, Chris explained the Book of Mormon describes it as a burning in their bosom that describes truth backed by God. So. It's a very American sort of belief system that feelings kind of control everything else and are more important than everything else. So being able to pour into these kids and their families and show them the love of Jesus kind of lays a foundation that later down the line they'll start asking those questions and um, and they can come to know the Lord. And going with this group of people was a blessing because by the second day it was, you know, whenever we talked amongst ourselves, it was never my group or my team, it was always my kids. We all referred to our groups as my kids. Alex Skarner talked about adopting a different one every single day of the week. Um, For me personally, as a very introverted person and quiet person when it comes to strangers, pouring into people, even if they're kids, is really hard for me. And so I thought this week would be really hard, but it wasn't. And I definitely know that this week I was operating with a strength that was not mine, because I couldn't do that if it was just on me, so thank you for supporting us and sending sending us there.
8: So I'm not a college student; I was the uh the old man in the group, so we got there, and they didn't have our fifteen passenger van rental. So they had to split us into two rental cars, and I was the only other person that was old enough to drive a rental car. So I got to drive around all week, and I'm pretty sure Brett has never driven a car before in his life. And every, ta- every time I asked him about it the entire week, he was like, oh, I've never driven an expedition before. But I mean, by Thursday, I'm pretty sure he'd driven an expedition before. So. Uh, one of the things they did with us every day after we would finish up at the soccer clinic was we would go through what they called the Seago Lily Program, which is a program they developed to kind of help talk about the gospel with LDS people. And where the name comes from is when the Mormons showed up in Utah, they arrived too late to plant anything. So the natives there in Utah showed them how to boil and eat the bulbs of the seago Lily, And that's how they survived their first year there before they started planning. So he was like, it's kind of a picture of what we are because we're out here as the outsiders because we're not LDS people. And we're feeding them spiritually instead of physically the bread of life so that they can survive. And so that was just really interesting going over all the different ways that that you can talk to and reach LDS people. Um, uh, A lot of my kids, they were great. But on the last day, um, one of the main purposes of the soccer clinic is to make connections with the parents because the kids are great, but the kids aren't, the six-year-old kids aren't going to show up to church on their own, so you want to connect with the parents. And on the last day, every single one of my kids grabbed their parents and dragged them over to me so they could introduce them to me and get a picture because they all love me. And I got to make connections with all these parents, and it was great to just see all the connections we were able to do. And uh, who knows what the fruit will be, but it was a great experience.
11: Okay, I'm Matt. This is my uh, first mission trip to go on. At first, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. I was a little little nervous about what to do. I knew it was Utah and it had mountains besides cornfields here, which was one plus. But um, it was truly awesome to go on. Um, One of the mornings before the camp, uh, Chris was talking to us. And he said, just be the kids' friends. Just pour into them, love them. And 15 years from now, uh, they will uh, remember that. And that really touched me because it doesn't have to be just kids to do that. And with me, with work, I see many different faces and it's like you can just be nice to someone just for five minutes and you know you don't know how many years I can touch them with so that was definitely uh, one of the challenges I learned
3: well I'm Alex I, um, I gotta start by expressing gratitude to this church I think I can speak for almost all of us that we would have been eating rice and oatmeal every meal without y'all's help. And just time and time again, this church just provides as God provides. Uh, I've got a couple different stories. I was worried about going after Matt because I didn't want Matt to share the story. But uh, So we all got our own group. <clears throat> I think he knows what I'm about to say. And about on the first day, about the first, first time we sat down, Uh, an idea popped into my head and I turned to my group and I said look everybody Trashy's here and let's give our trash to Trashy and for the whole week I'm telling you these kids, Alex can I take my trash to Trashy (laughs) they loved it every time I saw them, Trashy Trashy I loved it, I didn't think it was going to take off, I was so glad that it did I'll tell you God will uh he'll push you in ways that you don't expect him to. I um uh, on Monday we start the camp. And as a coach I'm already out in the field and I'm waiting for my kids to arrive and as God would I'm with the youngest kids. I'm, I'm with the uh the 5-year-olds, 6-year-olds. And first one comes out is a boy. I'm like, "Yes. Have some fun." Next one comes out another boy. Yes. Then a girl then a girl, then a girl, then a girl, then a girl. I ended up with six little girls and two little boys. And I'll tell you, on that first day, it was just, I cannot step on one of these or (laughs) this might be a problem. (laughs) But by the end of the week, as God would, um, just showed me that his love is is real. And that even coming into the week and being nervous about these kids is just, open my eyes to how fun and and just how great it can be to to be around kids and and sure enough as God would the the impressions that I have going into the week I was like the younger kids man that that'll be a problem but when we get to the old kids man that'll be great and I got to the old kids and uh it was challenging it was really hard for me harder than I thought it would be with fourth graders cuz fourth grade boys are kind of punks right? <laughs> <laughs> You'll be there, you'll be like, hey buddy, how are you doing today? Just nothing out of them. And, and God, God challenges you in ways that you don't expect, and it's, it's such a blessing to be there this week, and once again, couldn't have done it without this church, thank you.
12: All right, well, I also want to start off by saying thank you, uh, I could not have gone without your support. Uh your prayer support and your financial support so thank you so much it was an incredible week as has been said uh, but it's good to be back home and sleeping on a bed um, all of us except for one uh, slept on chairs or on the floor uh, We kind of put the chairs together and it's a <laughs> i thought somebody else was going to ratchet you out but i'll rat you out <laughs> so we were told to bring bring one suitcase and it was recommended you know it was like just bring one for space and such and Alex Garner, he shows up with two suitcases. So it's like, so we all gave him a hard time about that. But then when we showed up to the church, he pulls out an air mattress, queen-sized air mattress <laughs> with a, with a headboard. I'd never seen an air mattress with a headboard before. <laughs> so, so, needless to say, we were all jealous of Alex. And he slept great. Uh, no, but it was a great time. I'm glad he brought the mattress because we laid on it, and you know, everybody took a turn. But. Um, now it, it was, really was a great week, and um, I want to say uh, the connections that we made um, were just really special. Um, you know, you maybe say, why a, why a soccer clinic? What's, what's that going to do for the kids? And the main purpose of the soccer camp was not the soccer. It was about making connections with those kids, showing them the love of Christ, but also to make connections with their families. And a big thing that Pastor Chris pushed with us is at the end of the camp, each camp, when the parents come to pick up their kids is to say something nice about their kids to the parents, to show the parents the love of Christ also and make connections with them. Because that's that's what all this is, this whole thing was about, is about reaching the community with the gospel. And um, w- one thing that Pastor Chris said was, this was like long-term sowing. Like uh, Matt, he said, 15 years down the road, you know they're going to remember the love that they were shown by us at that church. And Pastor Chris he also said that you know when the world falls apart, when they see all of the holes in the LDS religion and theology and all the contradictions that are there, and see that this doesn't add up, this this isn't right, then they're going to remember Fellowship Bible Church and say, oh, they loved us. Maybe maybe they have the truth, and then they'll come to that church and pray that they'll get saved. And so really it was just a really eye-opening experience for me to to see the the love that church had but also the creativity and reaching to the community because they have tried different things they tried vbs's they tried day camps but then they tried this soccer camp and it just as soon as they started it it really uh, they saw a lot of fruit from it and so uh, it was really an encouragement to me to be creative about reaching uh, the community Um, one kid i got i'll say uh, the first day she got there one of the first things she said to me is I don't like soccer. I don't want to be here. I said, okay, great. Uh, but, you know, I just, just loved her and I was patient with her. And the last day, one of the first things she said to me was, you know, I like soccer. It's kind of fun. <laughs> yes. So that was great. And that was great to share with her mom at the end of the week. And she was really excited about that. And so um, just, and then another um, kid, I was able to talk with her mom at, at the end of the week and had a bit of a conversation with her. And she was just so thankful um, for what we were doing and so appreciative. And I know that just from what she had told me that that camp is making a really big impact in the parents' lives there. And Pastor Chris said that some of the parents, they schedule their summers around this camp. And so it may just be soccer, but it is a big deal and it it can really make a big difference. Um, One last thing I'd like to share is, on the last day, uh, that Friday, Uh, I believe Charity mentioned it. We got a tour of the Mormon tabernacle that was there in town. And all I can say about that is that it was heartbreaking. Uh, After learning the entire week about what they believe and the lies that they're taught to be the truth and hearing from these two ladies that gave us a tour, all the lies that they believe and that they've been fed, it, it it just broke my heart. It is just so sad to to hear them. They talked about joy and about peace and about knowing Jesus Christ, but they don't know him. And they don't know true peace. They don't have true joy. And to be honest, they just, looking into their eyes and seeing their faces, they just looked sad. And it just was all shallow and empty. And as nice as everything looked, it was absolutely beautiful there, but it was shallow. And it just it broke my heart, and I couldn't help but think the entire time I was there of Matthew chapter nine when Jesus looked on the multitudes and he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd, and it's the same with them, the l d s people they they just they don't know the truth, and it broke my heart more that Pastor Chris told me that just in this valley, when we were on top of the mountain he pointed out another valley and said there's only one gospel preaching church there and there's hundreds of thousands of people there. There's just not enough laborers there. And that same passage in Matthew 9, when Jesus saw the multitudes, he said, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers into his harvest. And I think this week was really... That just it just that verse just burned into my my mind after seeing these people and I I, I, I just gotta pray for labors that God would send forth laborers to Utah to Salt Lake City to reach the Mormon community because at, at one point uh, pastor the the main pastor Pastor Greg he he had mentioned he was talking about Joseph Smith and there was a time when he was in Louisiana and he was kind of spiraling downward like he was going crazy and doing some really crazy things but he was murdered by the people that were just tired of him. And he said that if, if they hadn't murdered him, then maybe that LDA, the whole Mormon religion would have just fallen apart um, because of Joseph Smith. But since they murdered him, they now see him as a martyr. And it just really solidified that, that whole religion. And, but that just got me thinking, I've asked the question before, why, why does God allow all these false religions Why why does he allow all of this deception to take place, especially, you know, for instance, the Mormons in Salt Lake City? And thinking of Matthew 9, maybe it's because if he let the LDS, the whole religion, fall apart right now, there wouldn't be enough labors there to lead them into the truth. And they would just go and find the next false religion, the next thing to fill the empty void in their hearts. And that's why I believe Jesus said, "Pray for laborers, because there's not enough to guide them into the truth." And so, that was just a huge challenge to me, and I just wanted to share that challenge with you all that you know we as a church would pray for laborers uh, to Utah and to the LDS people. Thank you.
2: hope you guys were able to catch a glimpse of what we got to see all week and uh, it was just an incredible trip it's incredible for me to see our young people just serving and loving people and uh, they did an incredible job and they were tired Uh, we hiked a mountain one of the last days and pretty much killed them and uh, but we it was just an awesome thing to see souls and uh, i think we caught a glimpse of that and and a lot of them were like hey i've got people at work that are lds and i now know how to better minister to them and just getting us to think outside of ourselves and outside of just, I got to go preach the gospel to them, right? There's so many different ways that we can minister to them. And and so just catching that glimpse, I think they all were like, we're ready to go home and ready to just do the same thing here. And I think some of them want to move there um, because it was beautiful. Um, but it was just an incredible week. I'll cu- I'll tell a couple um, stories. Um, one of the one of the days, um, I think it was the day it was raining maybe, um, we played a game with a younger group And uh, so what would happen is we would run around, and if a kid tagged us, then we would have to act like the animal they're choosing um, until the next kid tagged us. And so once we got done with that, it was pretty fun. Got back inside, and Chris was like, we're going to make it. Everyone does it. So every single one of these people in this group got to act like some random animal. Um, I think I was like a pig toad or something. I don't even know. Um, But seeing some of these people do it was pretty funny, Uh, pretty good. Um, I will mention this. Um, You all know Matt Norwalt, Okay. Um, Matt is pretty chill, pretty laid back, and uh, he was more outgoing than I was at times. Okay, that's it was it was just cool to see God work in the lives of these people and I uh, used them in incredible ways. And each and every one of them, I could tell story after story after of story of how a kid came up to me. And Coach Dolce is my favorite coach ever, and Coach Alex is the best coach I've ever had, and they just loved him because. These people love them. And uh, I had a mom come up to me at the end and said, we literally plan our vacations, everything in our summer, around this week. And one said, we just can't wait every year for the, for this soccer camp because we just know how much this church loves us. And that was in Carbontano. Uh, maybe you all talked did you guys talk about the, their feeling and all that stuff? Okay, cool. Um, and so just them seeing that there's something different about us. There's something, because there's a love of Christ. And so it was really cool to see our group, just pour out of themselves and pour out Christ's love and at the beginning of the week we were praying Lord we don't have enough love to sh- to show your love and we need your love to shine through and and he did in an incredible way this week and so I know our lives are changed and uh, I hope you guys caught a glimpse of that this week because or tonight because it was just an incredible week that God used in in each of our lives to to minister it's cool to see God use believers that we had never met. I had never met Chris. I had never met any of the coaches. And we just instantly had a unity because we were all focused around the same purpose of glorifying God through the way that we lived. And so it was just an incredible thing. Um, So if you ever get a chance to go to Utah and uh, go run a soccer camp, even if you have no clue what you're doing, so did all these people. They had no clue what they're doing. I remember the first day we pulled up to the soccer fields and I was like, ah, this is great. I've done this my whole life. And I could just see on their faces that they were terrified.
13: Right? They were like, oh.
2: I mean, it's beautiful, but I don't know what I'm doing here. And um, and they were a little nervous. We had a meeting on Sunday afternoon, and they were all like, okay, um, can you help me run a cheer? Sure, we can do that. And by the time I got to the end of the week, I felt like I was doing nothing. I was just kind of standing there, and they were just they were just, they were were just killing it. So um, make sure you come see them all. Talk to them. They've got tons and tons of stories. I, I told them they had to go two minutes because um, we've got to be out of here at 8. So um, But thank you so much. We could not have done this without you, and we could not have done it without your prayer. We might still be stuck in the Denver airport if it wasn't for your prayers. And um, and then also your financial support as well because going on a mission trip is not a... We don't take that lightly and we didn't, we didn't want to go taking advantage of your hospitality and your generosity. And so we were very thankful that you guys were able to give us the money that we needed and uh, make it easy for these college students that don't have a lot of money sometimes to go and um, serve. And uh, the Lord used us in an incredible way. So make sure you talk to them about more. They've got tons of stories and they love to share. And all the pictures and um all those. So hopefully you got a got a glimpse. But um, Pastor, do you wanna come up or do you want me just to pray and be done? To... All right, Pastor, we'll
1: come up. give it up to you dad and I'll let you guys go. Yeah. So many of you have been praying for Mel's dad. Uh, he's back in the hospital. He had, broke his hip, you know, just before we left and then uh on Friday he pulled his hip out of socket and so they had to put it back in the socket. Then this afternoon they said that he's got a bad gallbladder. Uh, but they're not going to do surgery to die. The surgeon said he will not survive the surgery. He's 93, so just pray for Mel's dad. He knows the Lord, and we're ready when and when the Lord's ready to take him. But uh, just to let you know, so we've just been kind of busy with all of that. It's been a little hectic, but uh, you know, we appreciate your prayers on those things. So, uh, you, but I want to mention Pastor Brett, and I, the sacrifice that the guy made for this is because when I said, Brett, I really want you to do this, so here's what you guys don't remember, but uh, we, had, we had revival, and then the week after revival, literally the Friday, revival into Friday, Saturday morning, these guys left to go on this missions trip. That had, this week also happened to be Janelle's birthday and their anniversary, so he left Janelle here <laughs> to take this group there. So then we come back, and literally coming back after four hours of sleep, sounds like we start vacation Bible school. So uh, welcome to the ministry, Brad. I don't know what to say, <laughs> but I appreciate, I do appreciate all the sacrifice. Let's stand. with will let you be dismissed a word of prayer. Guys, we're proud of you. I want you to know that. What a joy it is to uh, listen to what the Lord's done, so we're thrilled about it. Father, thank you for the testimonies, the blessings that we've heard and been shared, and we pray that you would just continue to use your word as it's been planted now in the hearts of these kids and these families uh, to pull them out of this deception where the uh, the devil has blinded their eyes and just prayed that they might come to understand the gospel and what it means to trust Christ as their Savior. Bless these uh, kids. Give them the rest that they need and just help them to continue to go on serving you with the things that they've learned. Dismiss with your blessing. Continue to watch over BBS as we finish it up tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. you got about two minutes to clear out this middle area.